Hey, it's Carl here, and I've got Shauna. Professional peanut gallery person. Yeah, and we're going to say a few words about Ragged Coast characters here before episode 10, Sid's magical creature emporium and conversation with Yancy Mukherjee. Yancy's a big character. Actually, Yancy made a whole appearance. He was the main character in the... Um, the first year seminar um, where students were playing through different parts of this world. So yeah, that. that's sort of that interesting. One. I don't know about that one yet. Oh, you haven't gotten to it. Yeah, no, no. Yet. Don't spoil it, man. Uh, yeah. All right. I'll be quiet. So characters, who do you like? Uh, I really like uh, Crenshaw Jones. Crenshaw Jones. Ah, boy detective, yeah. warlock, I think saucer. I have a crush on him. Ah, okay. There you go. It's he's got a lot of voices in his head, though. I, I don't know if it's possible to have a crush on like a single piece of uh, Mr. Crenshaw. I think that's what makes him attractive. It could be. All right. Well, with that as our opening, one vote for Crenshaw Jones, um, Star Boy Detective, and GQ cover warlock saucer we will get started with the episode all right we are back for another episode of ragged coast and we're going to jump in straight away with a recap from andy recap from episode nine onward towards ward after resupplying in Mirport, which includes Theraval, scoring not one but two suits of magical glamoured studded leather, leather armour for him and Mick, the party turns south towards Lake Blanc and Ward. Their two-week journey takes them back through Woodwall and onto the sailing sloops that ferry passengers up and down Lake Blanc. From there, they cut over land and through the mountain passes around Lake Scaladium. The last leg of their journey is by boat down the Darbu River. They arrive in Ward, the city of Stilts. On the journey, Theraval has shared stories of the time he spent sailing between Norkalf Isle and Ward, his stories of Siddharth Two Moons trade and rare magical creatures are filled with glee. Once in Ward, the party rides with Fred, the gondolier, and makes a deal with him to be their boatman for the week. After leaving the gondola, the party heads to the Hidden Rose, a hotel in Ward's wealthy banking and diplomatic district known as the Council and the Hill. They have lunch at the Lost Wolf Tavern and Inn. They inquire about Yancey Mukherjee and arrange to meet him in his backroom office at midnight. Tom, the earthborn barkeep, agrees to have Mick perform from eight until midnight. Mick's audition was convincing enough to earn the party a free lunch, a free dinner, and Mick 10 gold pieces for performing in the evening. The party then travels to the Lunar Academy, where Claren is befriended by Mouse, Field Mouse, a five foot tall witch dressed in all brown with twigs in her hair. Mouse, Field Mouse is observed dropping something into Clarence's pocket by Crenshaw. Being in a city, Crenshaw had suspected pickpocketing, not 
pocketing adding to. Theraval then picks Clarence's pocket and discovers that Mouse, Field Mouse, had dropped an acorn into Clarence's pocket. Theraval pockets the acorn, of course. Claren heads with Mouse, Field Mouse, to her next class, ostensibly to help her explain her week plus absence from Professor Williams's course. The rest of the party manages to find their way to Dean Guy Haunting's office on the fifth floor. Crenshaw arranges for them to come back tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. to talk with Dean Haunting. Crenshaw slips the receptionist, an older dignified human gentleman with a well-trimmed beard, a note that reported the death of a member of the academy. The receptionist took the note seriously, but seemed nonplussed by with the notice of a death. Important, but not unheard of, seemed to be his response. Next, Claren will visit Professor Williams's class with Mouse, Field Mouse. Then everyone plans to either explore Ward, maybe they head to the city South Wall District, or perhaps they will go to the Floden Keep District where Siddharth Two Moons Animal Menagerie has its headquarters, or they head back to the Lost Wolf Tavern and Inn for Mix 8 p.m. curtain, or perhaps Crenshaw changes the color of his cloak, dons a hat and mask, and becomes the Shade, foiler of muggings and fighter of crime, who is perhaps aided by a mysterious monk who seems to be working from the shadows. The possibilities beckon, but at this moment, we return to Claren, who is attending class with Mouse, Field Mouse. Awesome. All right. Well, that's where we will start. We should do introductions and let's see, I'm Carl the DM, and then we will go to Andy. And the one thing that I would say is as we do introductions, let's end with Janae, because then that will set us up for Claren and Mouse, Field Mouse. Hi everyone, I'm Andy. I am playing Fence, a male wood elf monk. He's a Way of Mercy monk, level five. DJ? I'm DJ and I am playing Crenshaw Jones. Crenshaw Jones is a <clears throat> level four sorcerer, level one warlock. Uh, and I will pass it off to Nate. I am Nate, I am playing uh, Mick, a dragonborn bard who is uh, fifth level and a bona fide folk hero. And I'll pass it off to Kevin. Hi, my name's Kevin. I'll be playing uh, Theraval Fantastical, a, Aladrin, a level five Aladrin arcane trickster um, who is uh, arriving at uh, hometown of uh, Ward in search of a new familiar after his last one exploded. Um, and uh, We lost our internet for a second. All right, we're back. Um, that's why we froze up. I am Janae. I play Claren Steel Cloven, a level three fighter, level two druid, um, outcast from her hometown, looking for a new identity. Perhaps it is student at the Lunar Academy. We shall see. 
Perfect. All right. And I just shared the screen here. So to give us a little bit of a sense of location, the Lunar Academy is this five-story building on an island over here in the North Lagoon area of Ward. And we are on, actually, I guess, um, Claren is on the second floor with Mouse, Field Mouse, um, heading into a classroom. And the rest of you are up on the fifth floor. And in fact, we had sort of played through that. So we need to see what happens with Claren and then see if the party gets back together and what happens. Um, so Janae, what's what's Claren doing as she's heading into um, the classroom? So Claren is following her new friend, Mouse, Field Mouse, kind of like Bond, James Bond, but meeker and more adorable, as it turns out. Um, and she's feeling a little bit wary to be separated from the rest of the party, but very curious, right? It seems like Mouse may have some interesting things to teach her to help her develop some of her burgeoning juridic interests. Um, so Clarence following Mouse into the classroom and I'm wondering, she doesn't know where she is in the building. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious about where, where Mouse is leading Clarence at this point. Okay, yeah. So Mouse heads up that set of, there was that big set of like wide marble stairs in the front, heads up to the second floor and off to the right, which ends up being sort of to the Northern part of the island and heads to a classroom that is right along the northern wall. In fact, it looks out over this little shallow area of the, the North Lagoon onto the back of some really ritzy townhouses um, along this sort of curved area over here. And you can see some gondolas that are like parked up against the back of the houses um, out the windows. When you come into the um, the classroom, it is um, a fairly large, well, not fairly large, it's a, it's a medium-sized lecture hall, probably about 40, 50 seats or so in there. There are those rows, so the professor, Professor Williams, a um, half-avian, is at the, at the front and looking up, and Fieldmouse, like, she she slips right into the back. She's like, quick, quick, maybe he won't notice. And he stops and he says, the classroom is full. He says, you are late, the two of you. Um, I quietly keep my head down and, and push field mouse into the, a seat just right on the side and try not to make the situation worse. She is, she is like getting down, like, like even is sort of under the desk. I mean, she is like completely down. Excuse me, I said you are late. You know the policy. Um, I, I speak up. I'm afraid I do not. I am accompanying my friend, Mouse, Field Mouse, and we're ready to learn. Let's let's get a move on. We don't want to hold anything up. Uh, I think uh, your friend has not 
been here for the past and he goes over to like the lectern and he opens a book he starts flipping and you notice as he's flipping like the other students are fidgeting he's flipping through the book and he's like four and he starts to count on his fingers 10 10 days mouse field mouse come down here and she is like like shaking under the table at this point in time oh poor mouse this is some bad shaming pedagogy right here. Um, <laughs> really, very problematic. This person needs a faculty development consult stat um, is what Janae says, not anything Clarence Delcloven has any access to in terms of knowledge. Um, yeah, Claren watches in a bit of abject horror um, and I'm sort of regretting my decision to come here because I sort of thought there would be things I would learn, not just a lesson in behavior and punctual <laughs> attendance. This actually um, seems terrible and I want to crawl out of my skin. Okay. Um, so field mouse, field mouse heads down to like slowly is making her way down. And as she goes, she like, like tries to, um, grab you um like to pull you along so she reaches out and doesn't grab your hand maybe has a little bit of your cloak or your your armor a belt that she's like holding on to you want to stay where you are or are you going to follow her <sighs> not sure clarence still cloven very reluctantly follows um because she feels really bad for Mouse, a lot of pity, but also like to Claren, this is completely ridiculous. Like why are we making a big deal about being late when there are monsters to fight, things to do? Like just there are higher stakes things in attendance going on. This seems utterly absurd. Well, so are you, are, are you saying any of these things as you're, you're heading down? And by the way, the um, Professor Williams, the, um, the half elf is his like the avian form. All elves are some sort of relationship to a bird. He's very much like an owl, but it's like got these big, like almost scolding type of eyes. Um, seems to be whatever type of, of bird species that he's tied into, or you know, is is his strain of avian. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So Clarence simply mutters under her breath, oh, ridiculous, um, and allows herself to be tugged forward. Um, so Field Mouse is like, I'm 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 sorry, Professor Williams, but I, I had I had a, a family that my 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 cousin here is will will she'll she'll, she'll explain. And what is your cousin's name? I say, um, uh, Fern, Field Fern, <laughs> related to the field mouse. And what is Mouse, Field Mouse's excuse? She just told you, family emergency. We're ready to move on with class, professor. 
what start a family emergency. And you feel like the classroom like shifts and everyone is leaning in like the other 45 eyes, like, or 90 uh, eyes, I should say. I suppose everybody has two eyes. It's not a classroom <laughs> full of cyclopses. I mean, you could have people with multiple eyes. I don't know what, who attends the Lunar Academy. Um, Clarence sighs deeply and says, I don't really think that is your concern. It is personal. We are ready to learn. Well, the, in that case, head back. I will talk to you later, Miss Mouse, Field Mouse. And he proceeds to um, lecture. Um, it's all about water and like transforming water into other things, um, being able to bend water, use the magical powers that are in water. Um, and then there's this long esoteric talk about water and time and the way that time can be bent and space can be bent the way that water is bent. Uh, most of the class seems to be nodding off, but you notice Mouse, Field Mouse, is like busily scribbling notes. Like she has filled up this whole little, it's a small notebook that's um, only like two inches by two inches, this little square, but she is just writing away the whole, the whole time that he's lecturing. Um, it's about an hour and a half, and then class is dismissed and Field Mouse once again grabs you and like pulls you out of the room. Um, and if you hurry down the steps, um, the rest of your party is waiting in that large sort of entrance area where there was the information desk. And then like the registrar's office was off to one side, the bursar's office was off to the other. Got it. I, I turn to Mouse and say, you know, it's been a long time since I've been in school. This is kind of a boring lecture, but uh, you know, since I kind of saved your bacon back there, could you give me a copy of your notes? This is a lot. Those are a lot of notes to uh, to 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 copy over. But uh, but uh, sure, I, I I you know I'll it it it'll it'll take me about uh, 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 maybe maybe two hours, and then I could meet you. Um, later or tomorrow, um, I've got to go. I've got to go back to my my room. But uh, where would you want to meet? And then I'll give yeah. you a copy. Okay, sorry, we have a little internet issue. Um, but you came through. Um, sorry, did 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 Mouse ask where I wanted to meet to get the copy? Yeah. So that yeah. Um, what's the name of that pub that we've been meeting people at, where we're sort of known now at this point? I'm forgetting. Sorry, I should look it up. Uh, oh, that was the um, Lost Rose. Oh. Lost Wolf Lost Tavern Wolf. and Inn. Oh, Thank Lost you. Lost Wolf, that's right. Hidden Rose, Lost Wolf Tavern. Yeah. Um, I say, sure, that seems amenable. Why don't you meet us at the Lost Wolf Tavern? Um, and I can exchange that. And hey, you know, as long as we're here, if you're needing any little extra protection, we could keep up this exchange. Um, I keep being Fernfield Fern and give you some cover against your uh, 
your rather, dare I say, um, insulting professor, um, if you keep sharing your notes with me. Um, sure, I'd, I'd be happy to do that. And that was clever, the, the fern, field fern. He fell for it. He thought you were my family. That is great. And she's like, and runs off um, or scurries off perhaps um, through, through the front. And she's like, oh, 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 what, what time? What time? Am I meeting you? Uh, we're all going there tonight, right? So I'm thinking the same time. Um, uh, 8 p.m. Okay, okay. And she heads off. And in that last thing, like other people were scurrying and then she like was shouting from across the room, like her sense of social conventions, like when to shout and when to be quiet seemed completely off. <laughs> I, I sigh and laugh a little at Mouse, Field Mouse, and turn to the group and say, well, I don't know if I'll ever see those notes, but if I do, they will come in handy. <laughs> These school is really terrible, guys, but there might be useful information at some point. I just don't know about these professors. They don't know anything about the real world. <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> they have that reputation and it has been proven by this terrible professor who only cares about attendance. It's so absurd. Well, the moment that we're at now, we are at a, an island in the, well, the Lunar Academy Island over here in the North Lagoon. What would you all like to do? What time is it now? I think it is late afternoon, early evening, let's say 5 p.m. And it's, and just remembering here in this, in this world, it is springtime. So the days have been getting longer. Um, back when you were leaving Muirport, um, it was snowing. And now as you've come south toward, um, it's actually becoming more, more like springtime here. Although Ward is sort of like the Oregon coast. So spring is a little bit limited. I, I wonder what other opportunities we have and responsibilities we have over the next three hours, other than to make sure to get uh, Mick all the way back to the Lost Wolf Tavern and Inn uh, with with his head on straight before he starts his eight o'clock performance. Anything else we need to do, buy, see, explore? Mm. Well, if we head back towards the Wolf Tavern, I mean, there's a lot in that area and perhaps even mysteries that we could stumble upon. So I, I have a question to the group. Um, are, are we at all concerned about how we're meeting with Yangtze this evening? Like, are we just going in there and shooting straight or what's the plan? Yeah, are, are you suggesting that maybe it's something we could start to investigate or, or get more information about while we have some time to kill to prepare for that meeting? I, I guess I'm just wondering if we're actually expecting to just walk in here and have a conversation with this merchant dude. Right, um, that's a good question. 
we should consider um, what our backup plan is, or maybe our escape plan, should that be necessary at the very least. Yeah. Um, hmm. The last time that we met with someone, it was a good thing that we had broken the party into two because half of us were uh, poisoned, for example. Yeah, let's stick together this time. <laughs> you don't want to have all your stuff stolen again? Uh, I, I mean, I'm all up for even disguising it as, as other people, even. But then again, I also have a disguise kit and disguise self. So what's our what's our end game as far as Yangzi Mukherjee goes? Are we hoping to get more info on the uh, problems that we saw? back in ward and remind me is Mukherjee um what's his uh function why are we meeting with him again Mukherjee, that's another way of asking Nate's question Mukherjee was a name that was dropped as a contact of the um Ged Ged and so Ged he and Ged were somehow involved, and I don't think we have a clear sense of how they were involved, but um, the, the little guy whose name was... Are you thinking the surveyor? The Umber surveyor. Yeah, Umber yep. objects. Yeah, Umber mentioned on uh, knowing him. Yep, and Ged's wife had mentioned that um, Yancey had had set up or pointed, had, had been um, in contact with Ged. So you had two, two points of contact in Woodwall that had mentioned Yancey Mukherjee being involved with Ged Grayson. So I don't know about uh, I don't know about you all, but I'm approaching this as he's one of the big names in organized crime around here, um, and so I'd like to confirm or deny that fact. So so maybe we're just coming going in here and informing him that Ged's dead and won't pay off like any debts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's part of the goal. I think we're also trying to figure out the connection too between. Ged's operation um, and what happened there and whether there's sort of any connection to the work we're doing with the debts we need to pay off too. So there may also be information we might want to gather from Mukherjee about um, perhaps like the work of Sabin and, some, and the sort of tragedies there. But, but what does Yancey want from us? Like what does he stand to gain here? Uh, I mean, the information about the debts for starters, right? Just knowing that he doesn't probably know Ged's dead, right? So that's what we're offering him is that information. Right. And for once, we weren't the one who killed him. Uh, yeah, if we're going to go meet with a um, an organized crime leader, uh, like... Um, uh, criminals commit crimes. 
and and we have a bunch of valuable stuff and so i'd, I'd rather not see that all be um stolen or all of us be uh uh murdered for it in the lair of a, a known bad guy so are we all going to go have we got a place to uh you know put our stuff away and then go in there incognito as uh you know um the kind of people that Ged might have hung out with and even employed in his nefarious schemes. So we have rooms at two different places. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to remember what the names of those were. There was the, the Hidden Rose. That was the high-end place. Right. So we went to the Hidden Rose and then um, Crenshaw deposited all of his funds into a bank down the street from the Hidden Rose. Right. And was very conspicuous about it. And then he went and got rooms somewhere else on the lower end of town. So should we make the lower end of town our base of operations? Where we're actually staying? Where we're actually staying, yes. Incognito as as mm -hmm. well, folks. Mm -hmm. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm getting the vibe here. Maybe it's the intro that, uh, that uh, we're, you're doing a little Lamont Cranston uh, moves yep. there. <laughs> Uh, so Crenshaw is going to come and go from the Hidden Rose. Got it. But he's definitely not going to sleep there. And he's and, and he may not even be Crenshaw when he. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> Crenshaw, so Crenshaw Jones is the Lamont Cranston. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, well, and to give us a sense on the map of where these locations are. Um, if you're looking, so over here is where the Lunar Academy is. Um, the Hidden Rose, if you're following my cursor, is this building on the mm -hmm. northeast corner of like the main square here. So it's this building right over, right over here. And this area, um, the bank, is this one is the building over here. This area is known as the hill. So it's known as the council and the hill. And the council is the large keep-like structure on top of this hill here where the council of ward meets and they govern the, um, the territories around the free mountain bay. Um, and they're really down here in the shallows which is this area where you all originally landed here and where the gondola was. I wouldn't say it's necessarily low end, but it's certainly lower end than the hill. Your actual room is probably in a place down here, Got like it. right on the edge of the, um, of all the little lagoons and that. So it's a little bit more of, an, of a rougher area with docks, but it's not the rough side of town. The roughest side of town is fact, in fact, south of the floating keep here is what's known as South Wall. And that's like the seedy area of town. And in fact, um, 
Kevin, um, Theraval's friend Siddharth is probably down either in the floating keep area or in the south wall area of town is probably where he has his, um, his animal menagerie. I was just gonna tell everyone all that. Oh yeah. Oh. And even Pace, uh, what is it, Siddharth? Siddharth? Yeah. Siddharth, Siddharth Two Moons, or Sid for short. Your little, your, 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 well, little halfling friend. I would love to fit, play, uh, to pay two moons a visit if we have time as well. Tonight or tomorrow? I'd say tonight, but. Let's find out what he knows about. Uh, about yeah, so it would be, it's going to be a little chancy, but guess what? You guys have already hired a boatman in Fred and Fred will be waiting out front here. Um, if you come down and ask Fred, hey, can we make it down to um, the floating keep, um, maybe even all the way down to South Side and then back up to the, the Lost Wolf, he's like, you couldn't if, if you didn't have me, but I'm ready to go. And so it's going to have to be a quick visit, but he rows you around this way and then across Mountain Bay. And as you cross Mountain Bay, the one thing that's really interesting here is that for a port city like Ward, usually like docks would be all around the edge of town. But in this case, most of the boats are actually anchored out like on mm. moorings in the center of Mountain Bay. And then there are smaller like skiffs or ferry boats that are coming out from the different docks, either down here around the Melancholia River or over here by the shallows. And they're like unloading the ships out from the anchorage and pulling stuff in. But Fred gets you through that sort of mess of unloading boats and boats anchored out in the bay and takes you down this way and um, from your directions, Theraval, he brings you down this way under the two bridges that go over the Melancholia River and lets you off right here, right next to the edge of the wall. And um, Siddharth's place is actually inside the floating keep. So the area of the floating keep is all these little docks that are like floating docks that are connected, but people, and in fact, Fred does this, he sort of goes under this way um, and then is able to actually get you by boat right over to this vicinity, just north of where the wall is to where Siddharth's um, shop is. And I guess I'm trying to figure out how to describe this. You've seen like movies where, whether it's like, Pirates of the Caribbean are some movies set in the, the Mekong Delta where you've got like these rickety um, docks that are going over things that are on stilts, but the boats can go under them. But it's almost like there are two layers of the floating keep. There's the water area and then you climb up and it's sort of dark and everything's covered by the docks that are 10 or 15 feet above it. And then there are docks that like climb up and so he navigates the boat under it 
and then you all are able to, to climb up if you want to go to um, to Moon's shop. It's our lead. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna gesture to everyone. Come on, this way, mm -hmm. and up, and you are gonna go up on the upper upper level to follow two moons. Okay, um, and Fred is like, I'll I'll I will wait here. Um, yeah. So when you get up, the the shop is a two story shop. Um, it looks pretty much like it did when you left it. In fact, you go in. Um, the rest of you go in also and you're overwhelmed by two things first the smell um and then second of all the total number of animals and cages it is absolutely chaotic there are like little cages and they're stacked on top of each other there are big cages with something that looks like a leopard um like in the back and then something next to it that God forbid, could that be a displacer beast or something in there? Wow. Um, there are all sorts of things in this room. And there is a portly um, little halfling with great big sideburns. And as soon as he sees Theraval, he's like, Theraval, my man. And he opens up his arms and he starts waddling towards you and gives you a big hug. Where have you been? Uh, I got mixed up uh, out in uh, Nordhaus. Got caught by a detective at Berg. And Did you need to pay uh, something off. Oh, that's not so good. Did you bring me any animals? Uh, any specimens for our for the, the zoo? They, they died along the way. What? No, not again. How come every time I send you, you never bring back? Did you bring back the carps? Because, because we've got, um, I, I've got the room over here. Do you have any pieces? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. Ooh, <laughs> what was it? What was it? Uh, pieces of an ice method. <laughs> an ice method. Oh, but well, it I looks like a, water now. I Go have ahead. the smoke one. I have the smoke one. Where is it? He looking around and oh, he pulls out a bottle from under the thing and he like shakes it. It's this bottle that's like got a big um, globe on the bottom and then a long string and he shakes it and you see these two little eyes inside it. They sort of pop up. He's like, here's the smoke method that I got. And he sets it down. What do you think? He's pretty neat. Now, where's that corpse? Well, it doesn't look like much. And can I take out the jar of like, of collections of, I don't know, fits? Oh, he shakes it. He starts walking like to the back room. He's like, watch things out here. Hold on. I got to go look at this. I'm, I'm going to give you most of it back, but I'm going to take a little sample. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. Oh. And when he goes in the back, can I cast find familiar? <laughs> Uh, yeah, give me a fine familiar. Oh my God, I'm gonna have to run get like books because there is um, a buttload of possibilities here for critters. Claren in the meantime, tuts in total disgust. How dare you sell out your friend? <laughs> Fitz was loyal to the it's end only, to It's you. only a little bit. It's like the equivalent of his pinky. 
Oh, no, no, don't worry. Don't worry, little Missy from the back room. You hear, don't worry. I'm bringing most of it back. This is too good to miss. I'm just putting a little bit of it on a slide and looking at the, the well, not the DNA, but the cell structure of these things. Ugh. I'm just so disgusted by this here, whole You hear clanking and all sorts of things going on. Um, I'm deeply uncomfortable. This is so not Claren's vibe. None of it. <laughs> so I just kind of can, can, I, can I shout the to corner. the back like when you're done taking the sample, can we talk price? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. It's always a good price for you. Claren uh, casts Theraval like the dirtiest of dirty looks, like just so deeply irritated by this excursion. We better get something useful out of this. So Theraval, how are you steer find familiar a little bit um, for me? So aggressive, like none of these are gonna be big, but aggressive predator, woodland creature. Um, we're, we're looking for like, stealthy nocturnal kind of creatures that are like uh i don't know i, I would call it woodland or like uh, i i think ones that are like similar possibilities or like uh pre preferred of like the flying types so like the hawks or or owls or ravens and things like that owls are good owls because they can do uh a flyby uh help which uh a rogue always needs to uh attack with advantage mm -hmm. um so you're you're like sensing you're you're setting up the elements and it's sort of more of a ritual casting find familiar here and you're like sensing around and um, you're drawn over to like a corner of the shop that's got, there's a couple of different bird cages. There's like a big snowy white owl. There's a smaller cage with this little owl that's sort of like bumping around. It's like bumping its head into the ground. Um, in fact, you're really drawn to, to that cage with this little owl that seems to be constantly like trying to peck into the the ground, like um, in, and then you hear Sidharth go, "Oh, you found the burrowing owl." Yeah, I, I think I think this one. Can I rent this? I'll bring it back. I promise. Uh, you know, creature for a creature. Oh, you're you're, le you're leaving me the body? Oh no, the sample of the ice oh, method. Oh, the sample. We'll, we'll call it even. Um. <laughs> um I, uh, you could rent, you know, but you never, you're not bringing me anything back for real. Uh, you know what? And the way that you rent or capture, it tends to keep. How about five gold pieces? Cause I I gotta eat. I I got I got the I got the girlfriend now. I, she's got a kid. You gotta give me at least five gold pieces. 
Oh. I'm going to pay it if Theravault doesn't, just so we know. I, I, I kind of don't want to give this on principle because like, and I'll tell like two moons, like, oh, I, your hustle's getting slower, but I'll, I'll give you, the, I'll help fund the girl. And then like, I'll put, I'll put five gold down. She's sweet though. I mean, she is good. Thank you. You won't, you won't regret this it. You know what? Name. I'm going to, because I'm such a good guy. I'm going to throw in the cage and it's this like wooden bamboo cage, like made out of all these different twigs and everything. Um, but he's like the cage in as well. You can rent both the bird and the cage. Okay. Bring it back. I promise. Unbroken, unbroken. You understand? Ah, unbroken. I... <laughs> can, can, I, can I leave now? I'll see you in a uh, bit. <laughs> and yeah, like you the can, bell rings you can on head the out. The five, the five gold has been given. Um, Is there, as the were sort of, they're having this exchange, can I tell how the imp is being kept in that little jar? Um, you want to give me an Ar Arcana check? I do. And it's not an imp, actually. It's a method. A method. So. Smoke method, if I remember correctly. Yep, yep. 23. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a magical seal. So it's, it is a cork, but then it's, um, a mending spell has been cast around the cork to sort of take the equivalent of wax, but then even stronger to hold it in. Okay, so there's a magical seal and a mending spell. I'm going to speak into the method's mind. Okay. And I'm going to ask if it wants to be free. Yes. Okay. Then I will say into its mind, can you count to 30? Yes. Okay. Then I'm going to use, as we're talking, I'm going to subtly use prestidigitation <laughs> to erase the magical mark. Mm -hmm. And that should let it pop the cap. And so as we walk out the door, I will say, start counting. Okay, we can 30, go. You get 30 seconds down the street and you hear a cork pop and you hear, whoa, shit, no, ah, put it down. And <laughs> there's clanging and pots and all sorts of things. And there of all, is your, which, where are you guys heading? Do I have the rest of Fitz or did I leave the whole thing back there? Um, he, came, he came back out. So you've got most of Fitz back. Although his little bit, like his few drops were more like a shot glass worth. But, but you know, I mean, that's Sid for you. It's the company there of all used to keep. Maybe still does. Ah. <laughs> What's that say about you all? <laughs> I mean, that's that's good. I'm wondering. <laughs> um, but Theraval, which did you want to head straight back down to Fred, or was there anything? Yeah, else? I was thinking we had straight back down to Fred. Okay. I got this little like 
burrowing owl that I imagine is still pecking the bottom of the cage. It is still pecking the bottom of the cage. The other thing as you settle in, you notice that part of the cage itself detaches from the rest of the cage. And it's this twig-like figure that's about two inches or so tall. And you perhaps feel as connected to the twig-like figure as you do to the burrowing owl. Hmm. Um, Two for one. Yeah, there you go. Sorry, can I call Crenshaw over? I'm like, what the hell is this thing? So with a 15 Arcana, since I knew that question was coming and I rolled my Arcana. Um, That's a a tree blight. A tree blight? What do I know about tree blights? Didn't we fight some tree blights like in our very first or second adventure? Um, In fact, it recalls a moment where you were about to go into Sabin's Tower. Um, It's a slightly different variety, but it does have a resemblance to those. Attack the heck out of Theraval (laughs) as he was trying to cross the water. There was a little moment of conflict. Theraval, whatever doesn't kill you makes a good familiar. I peek into the cage as well and I recognize this creature and I perform the same trick I did for the tree blights back at Sabin's Tower, which is that I um, I cast Druidcraft and give it a little a little flower and just see how it responds. Um oh, so you're giving it a little flower. Yeah. Um oh roll a roll a do a charisma check for me. Okay. Better impress this little guy if it's mine. <laughs> uh, not great. That's a nine. Uh, it looks, it, it takes the flower. It looks over at Theraval and it puts the flower in its mouth, chews <laughs> it up and spits it out and stomps on it. Oh yeah. That's your familiar. <laughs> I, I and then he goes like this. He goes. <laughs> we, should, we should keep walking back to the boat. Crenshaw's just sort of moving us along for no apparent reason. Just. Oh, uh, yeah. A- excellent. Away yeah. Away from. You, you, you've hit the boat. The chaos You're, that has the boat been left Fred is us. taking it out. And in fact, this little drama is playing. I'm imagining Theraval sitting with the cage in front of him and Claren looking over and the owl keeps trying to burrow into the ground. And now the um, blight here is, um, is pantomiming with, um, with Claren. Claren glares at Therafall, just gives him the dirtiest look yet again, and just says, this better yield something useful. Otherwise, our waste of a trip down to this hellhole, zoo-infested crap area will be worth nothing. I'm I'm like saying names to to, to, to myself, like, shrubby stick twiggly <laughs> no none of these quite stick so none of them stick yeah so I'm, <laughs> I'm still mentally connected to the method 
by the way. I've got about three miles. <laughs> so okay. I'm just going to check in. Oh, he's good. He's good. He's good in here. I'm around. I'm up in the corner and I am screwing this place up. In fact, I've let three other animals out at this point. It is great. And I think the rat is about, oh yeah, the rat is going into the grain and is throwing it. He's never going to get there. Oh, the fat little halfling's trying to put it in a sack. Uh, uh. Uh, for no apparent reason, Crenshaw is just sort of quietly chuckling. <laughs> oh, it's already a good day. <laughs> All right. So you are rowing as, as the sun sets. You row up the Melancholia River, um, around the floating keep, back into the shallows. Um, Fred lets you off the, he's been in a boat most of the time. He actually switches you over to a gondola when you get to the shallows and then drops you off um, on the main street here that leads up to um, both to the hidden rows and then down this street here is where the, um, the wolf was. And we'll get Mick back to the wolf in time. Yeah, you will be there. Yeah, just eight, little bit, maybe eight fifteen, but definitely close enough for a musician to be on time. So, okay. is there anything I can do to help set up what you all are hoping to do while I'm performing? Is there anything Mick can finagle? I don't think we still know quite why, why we want to talk to Yanzi Mukherjee, except that we heard his name. Yeah, um, you were, you were going to pump, pump Sid for history on Yanzi, and uh, we did not. that didn't quite happen. Mm -mm. Well, strategize. I've got to go grab a cup of water, but, but keep strategizing. Let me know. I'll be back in two minutes. So I mean... I don't think we all have to go in at the same time. And so I, I don't mind actually having like some people go in ahead, mm -hmm. play like they're not in, this, in the group. Right. One advantage I have is that I wear no armor. And so I might seem less uh, threatening if uh, we wanted to station me near uh, an exit or uh, be summoned to come up and um, knock some heads together. Yeah, and Should I could always be, be an animal of some kind too, right? So I could kind of wild shape and be discreet as some sort of animal. So I, I would vote that Crenshaw definitely meets with uh, Yanzi. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And to, for any spells or anything like that around detect thoughts. Yep, I I will, I'll have detect thoughts already up. And Mick is also one of our higher charisma party members. So I would also advocate for Mick perhaps being part of the discussion since he is Okay. A charming dragonborn fellow. And so he's the, a big damn hero. So, so when the right. show is, yeah, well, well, the big damn hero wants to mess with the status quo here. So I think Mukherjee is the status quo. So that's, that's the way Nick is looking at this. Nick, Nick's conceptualized this as this is the guy who's behind us getting robbed and uh, the people being killed by, a, by, the, by the beast. And uh, let's figure out what his what he's dirtied his hands with. So, what's his connection to get Grayson? Correct. 
So we want to make sure, I mean, here's the thing, do we, could we offer service like, hey, what was, what was Ged doing? And uh, do you need somebody to take over? That's good. I'd, um, I wonder if we have any buffing spells, you spellcasters, that uh, could be applied to Crenshaw before he goes into uh, this tete-a-tete with uh, Mr. Mukherjee. Is that um, buffing And I'm, I'm like thinking a... that, you know, something that uh, the, the bard could sing or uh, our rogue or druid could cast. I'm not aware of what all your, your spells are, but, you know, um, blessings might be called for if we have any available. Well, I, I can do bardic inspiration before he goes in there um, and maybe even make it part of the show. Um, or, well, okay, so we say we want Mick and uh, Crenshaw to go in there together, like after the performance. And Theraval? I have disguise self, both through a hat of disguise and I think as a known spell. So we've got, we've got a disguised rogue, uh, a cleric fighter, right? In, in uh, animal form. Yeah, druid, druid fighter. fighter. I can be, druid fighter, druid fighter, sorry. Yeah. And, okay. I can be someone's pet and just listening. And then fence kind of standing by the door ready to crack a head open if somebody we don't want to leave leaves or right i think crenshaw um correct me if i'm wrong still has the option of uh communicating with me telepathically and so i can be summoned including from the other side of the door uh and can awesome. work my way through you know uh, a guard um, mm -hmm. when, when called for. I recommend a, um, uh, instead of a safety word, a danger word, and that when the danger, the unusual danger word is spoken, that's my um, signal to uh, bust in there and uh, effect um, a rescue or an assist, whatever is needed. Yeah, I will also say that if I am in the form of an, like a domestic animal, like a dog because of my fighter abilities, um, I can become not just any dog, but like danger dog um, yes. and can do some serious damage um, with some of my maneuvers. So part of the reason I want to be a druid fighter is so I could be um, what I'm lovingly referring to as a Kung Fu Panda, um, but that's going to take different configurations depending on which animal I am. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to switch over here real quickly to roll 20. And I might actually get in with Yancy Mukherjee. How did we convince him to meet us? Information about Ged. We, we yes. showed him the ring, I think. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, so yeah. this starts with Ged. And so we can say, we're here to talk about Ged Grayson and what you were doing with him because. He got himself him, killed. We saw him die. <laughs> we saw the stump remains. He got greedy and got himself killed. And uh, and if the thing hadn't killed him, we were gonna. <laughs> let's let's not leave, leave that up. That. Let's okay. not leave right. it. Okay. Let's because we're here to represent 
business interests in Woodwall. Mm -hmm. And business in Woodwall is good. And but, but a lot of people moving through with a lot of goods looking to get from one place, from an unsafe place to a safe place. But all of Ged's headcrackers are now checked in at the uh, at the uh, temple. At the, at the temple recovery room. The fray and Freya ER. Well, um, also, yeah, Ged's whole operation has been um, uh, effectively ended by a band of adventurers uh, and by uh, the cave beast itself. Yeah, so oh, let's, let's do this. You all have, um, Mick has performed. I'm just on this, and I'll go back to the map in a second, but on in roll 20, I just want to get an idea of who's heading into the back room with Mukherjee when you're meeting him at midnight. Um, you all also will get a little bit of information during, um, during Mick's performance. I assume you're here, maybe asking, trying to pay attention about uh, Mukherjee. And really around here, he is not treated like, um, a crime boss, but like the source of all goodness. Now, whether that's the source of all goodness, like a godfather, but there is not hostility, not even so much fear of Mukherjee that you hear here, but just uh, sort of an awe and a respect of, of him as a um, I was going to say merchant. That's just, why words are failing me here. Um, a, a speculator. So, and I guess the reason I flipped over to roll 20 is I was wondering <clears throat> who was going where, because I was getting a sense of like fence being like more by, by the door and back up. And then I wasn't sure sort of what the rest of you were doing. And I, you know, I, I'm using this more just as for organization here as opposed to actual spatial placement. Um, I will stand by fence and sort of, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wild shape into, I th again, I think I'm gonna be a dog or a hound, something kind of inconspicuous um, and sort of pretend to be fence's companion. Guide dog, as it were. Gotcha. So dog, do Claren in dog form. I have a question. So like, have we surveyed the, the um, building? Like, is there only a front entrance and a back entrance? Oh, oh yeah, that's exact. Here, let's go back to yeah. the share screen. That's what I was doing before. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and then the other thing is, remember, there's four hours worth of performance here. So I don't know if Fence and Claren are like standing by the door that whole time. My assumption is you all were in having dinner, although Claren, you could certainly be in dog farm and there's more than enough, you know, animals that are accompanying people in here that you could, you could do that, that you would be having dinner. And then right before some of you, um, Crenshaw and Theraval go back, then you're going to these positions. Is that right? I think that we'd probably just, um, sit in a, a booth 
um, my preference, and I've got a pretty strong stealth score, and I know how to uh, hide as a as a wood elf. Uh, I'm I'm trying not to be uh, noticed. Uh, one thinks of uh, Aragorn before he's introduced to the hobbits, and he just sits on the side and, and watches them with their tomfoolery, uh, with with their um, dancing and drinking. But uh, Fence similarly is, is sitting in a booth in the shadows and kind of watching what's what's going on with his uh, trusty dog nearby. Sure, absolutely. And in fact, with, um, I mean, you all have free food here, courtesy uh, of Mick. So if the group of you is together, um, remember the, the Dwarven barkeep was happy to comp um, Mick's friends um, a meal. So, and it's, a meal and drinks and they definitely keep the both the food and the and the booze coming um yes yeah, so kevin you were asking about like what it, the place is it's this building right here sort of the rectangular shaped one okay. in front of it is a courtyard with a fountain in the center and the wolf is is here and then the back um, it's not even so much an alleyway, but the back lot borders up on sort of a, a fairly steep rise cliff that then rises up to where um, the council is, the, the keep for the council. And there's a, a main entrance in the front, and then there are two back doors that, that lead out of the place. How many stories is it? Um, it is four stories. Wow. And you all, the, um, the first two stories are the restaurant. There must be offices or apartments or something in the third and the fourth story. Yeah, so I, I think I'd like to go in. Um, I may split up, I don't know, but I don't wanna stand guard. The, the, there's so many. There's like two two exits in the back, one in the front. So many different stories. I don't know. It's it's going to be hard to like seal and contain this. <laughs> yeah, and if you do any reconnaissance in the back, there is a a fire escape that runs up all all four floors. Yeah, I mean, I might wind up wandering a little bit. You know, dogs wander, and it seems like there's maybe some dogs freely floating around. <laughs> so I'm kind of happy to pace back and forth a little bit too to cover more ground. How how big's the tree blight? Um, oh, the tree blight is about three and two and a half, three inches. Okay, I've decided to name it Aspen Kutcher. Um, okay. Aspen Kutcher. Um, but I guess Aspen's not that fast. Are you Aspen naming? Um, so there is. When I said there was a weird connection, like like to the blight, you're also not entirely disconnected from the burrowing owl. Is the owl okay? Like, is it a little mildly, I don't know, right and wrong in the head? Um, so what? He's fine, Aspen tells you. Aspen, Aspen is, hasn't said much, but when you ask that question, he goes over and he pats the owl and the owl like looks up and then he hits the owl really hard and the owl goes Ooh, like down. And then Aspen is like, goes over and like, like sits on the the owl, like he could 
like he's almost ready to ride him. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, could I could I have them scout like fly up to the top? Can I... Aspen goes. Aspen gives you gives you a thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Hurry up! Go, go. He points at the K at the at the at the lock that's on the cage door. Okay, I undo it. Okay, um, so he like both arms and legs like giddy up, and you notice there is this little twig that comes like out of the um, twig twine that comes out of the the bird's mouth, and it's like hooked like um, like reins for a horse, and um, Aspen like hits it and the bird like scoots it out and flies up and you can see not through the bird's eyes but through through Aspen's eyes and he is circling over over this area and you have a fairly good well while Aspen doesn't talk very much um you have a good mind connection with him as since he's your familiar and you can see through his eyes <laughs> oh my god <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. So, any what what do you want to do in terms of recon, uh, flying around the building? Any open windows? Um, can we fly them into one of the higher levels? Oh, you want to go third or fourth, or you want to go onto the roof? Fourth. Okay. Uh, yeah. Give me a um. Give me an athletics check for opening a window. We're gonna use a lucky feat for this one. I rolled a seven. Okay, yeah, that that it is it is heavy. That's an eight. No, oh, no, no. Yeah, you know, Aspen. Aspen is a twig. So Aspen's response to you mentally here is, "Master, Master, I don't think this was thought out so well. I'm a twig. I can't open the damn heavy lead glass window." Although compared well, I to think Fitz, a fine, he, all right, I think it, he he is blissfully silent. However, in his response, it's only <laughs> mental. So I think, though, as a, I can cast spells through my familiar. This is true. Um, does that also count as racial abilities? So, like, could I have them face step through a window as an Eladrin? Yeah, no. Spells, okay. yes, but not he. Yeah, he does not. Good try. Yeah, does not take on a lot of asking. Yeah, no, it's worth asking. Okay, it, we'll, we'll just uh, perch them on the on the edge of the rooftop, um, and we'll we'll keep an eye out for the Yanzi Merkaji if he's not already coming in, or like any notable weird characters coming and going from the. <laughs> Is it the lost wolf? The yeah, lost, lost wolf. wolf. <laughs> okay, yeah. So you ha you have a lookout up there on on the the edge of the uh, the edge of the wolf, the edge of the roof, and 
Um, Nate, would, eyes on the roof. would you give me a performance check? So we want to see how the, how the four hours I, go. I will absolutely do that. And I will, can I also do some kind of perception check just to see what I've noticed as a, as on stage there watching the whole, uh, let's see, perception check. I need a, what's my modifier on that? I'm sorry. Um, perception oh, I've, got it. I've got it. I've got it. Yeah. Um, and that's got a plus four modifier. So it's 14. Okay. Yeah. And so what are you looking for as you're, you're performing? I want to see who's going in and out of the room that it appeared that was kind of the back room where th th there was like an office type place. Who's, who's entering further into the restaurant than just um, us? Yeah, so there are, are, the way this place is set up is like the, the bar is the, the entry area in the, in the front. And mm -hmm. then behind the bar, there's like two different doors. One is clearly the one on the right-hand side is clearly the entrance like to the kitchen, um, storage rooms. The one in the left is clearly to Mukherjee's offices, although it also seems set up like a, a dining room. And then most of the patrons are eating upstairs, like the people who are eating longer in that. Um, you all have managed to score a booth on the first floor. And then the stage itself is actually the front part is sort of open. And so the music goes up to the second floor, but the performance is more in the, in the bar area. And the, you know, it's a, the one thing that you notice as you're performing, as Mick is performing, is the remarkable range of different people that are going in. So there is like two kids that go in that look like I mean, they might as well be beggars. I mean, maybe a little more well-heeled than beggar children. I mean, they, they at least have shoes, but not much. And they come out looking absolutely delighted. Um, but you also notice um, very wealthy looking um, business men and women um, going in and coming out. And some of them look happy. Some of them look much less pleased when they wait, they go out. And the other thing, when I say range, it is every type of creature from tiefling to halfling to avian, um, to dwarf, to human that is going in. It's not like only his buddies who are dwarfs are going in there. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay, that's, that's what we're looking for. Then I need to do a performance check for you, correct? Yeah. Uh, let's hope this goes a little better than last night. Hey, 22. All right. Wow. I got to tell you, the, um, the, the Dwarven barkeep is delighted. Like he was like, because I think you rolled like a 20 or a 21 last time when you did your, your audition. You bring even more and it's like a mellow vibe that you're, that you're laying down in this place but one that is clearly inspiring people to buy more food and more drink than usual. So you are on the, the barkeep's 
good side. Um, awesome. And it's uh, it's approaching midnight. Um, the barkeep sort of signals that you can that you can wrap it up if you would like to, and you all are ready. Yeah, I think it's better than Kenny G here. Um, um, more like Chick Corea or something. Oh yeah. Well, we're, we, okay. So so what we talked about is when we do get to meet Mukherjee, that it's it's DJ and myself going in um, okay so it's it's crenshaw crenshaw and mick are are and, going in and mick and what, is going to do a quiet little bardic inspiration to make sure that crenshaw has um um inspiration die for his ability checks during that time what's my die uh it's i gotta do a 1d6 here okay Oh no! You you give that to DJ and then DJ. Oh oh okay. When he decides. Yeah yeah that's it. Okay right all right. Okay. Congratulations! You're inspired. Feel inspired. And we're between a little bit and a lot. Um, yeah, I love that. I love that feature. That that this version of D and D, the Bardic Inspiration, it's fun. Um, okay, and what was Theraval doing? Uh, I'm gonna cat. I'm gonna uh, have my glamoured ar uh, leather armor. Um, appear okay. to be like nice fancy robes. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna uh, go in with Crenshaw. Okay. And does uh, does Field Mouse ever show up? Oh 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 oh. Um, yeah, Field Mouse shows up. Um, Field Mouse shows up. Let's see. You said a. So let me. I wonder if eight o'clock was before or after uh, Claren transformed into her dog form, remembering that she had to uh, accept the notes from the field mouse. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm assuming, hoping <laughs> that I was cognizant of the timing. Um, Right. So, are you going to be in, sitting at the table with everybody in human form, and then going to transform to dog form later? Yes, that was my thinking. Um, so, eight o'clock comes, no field mouse. Um, <laughs> nine o'clock, no field mouse. Are you transforming or not? Uh, we know she has trouble with deadlines. Yeah. Um... I'm gonna give her 30 more minutes, 9.30, she's still okay. not showing up. Yep, so then you, you transform into a dog. Yeah. 10.30, 11 o'clock, um, Claren, you see like the, the front door opens and normally the front door is opened and someone has um, like people come in and there's the maitre d and they go up and the front door opens and then it closes and like you see mouse field mouse like looking looking around um and she sees you and fence over in this booth you're in dog form um and she actually heads straight on over there wow. uh, and she heads over there and she's looking and like, once again, you notice all the twigs like stuck in her hair falling off and she 
takes her, her pointed hat off and sets it down on the table. And she goes, looking out, looking at fence, she goes, why, 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 why is, why is, why is Claren a, a dog? So I am telepathically connected with Claren. That's right. Because we can do that in, while you're in animal shaped and this makes our lives much easier. And so um, Crenshaw says, she's not always comfortable in public spaces. So sometimes she takes a form that makes her feel at ease. There we go. Okay. I mean, as a dog, I can't really communicate. I don't think. Um, so are you, are you, how are you, are you saying this to. I'm mouse? saying this to mouse and then, and then I'm saying, but Claren and I are connected and any, if she needs to tell you something, I can tell you what's going on with her. You oh, can tell oh. cause she's wagging her tail that I, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I, I see that when I, I get the, I get the not being comfortable in, in public places. I, I'm, so, I'm so sorry that I'm late. I mean, I know I'm, I'm often late, but it was, I, I was outside almost on time. And then I had to sit by the fountain um, and wait and wait until I could come in and no one would notice me coming in. So I understand being uncomfortable in pain and it, it's okay. And she reaches down and she doesn't pat you on top of the head right away. She reaches down and lets uh, Claren in dog form sniff. And then, and then, you know, like after it's okay, then she pets, like she clearly has a way with animals where it would be like, okay. So I, I she thinks it's okay. Um, here's, mm -hmm. and she's actually not talking to Crenshaw. She's now takes out the note and it's like, oh, oh, I, I copied all of this for, for you. Uh, where would you like me to put it? And she's um, talking to the dog. I mean, or Claren. Crenshaw, so Claren. Crenshaw just holds out a hand and waits for Claren. <laughs> Thank oh. you. Oh, okay. And and gives it to you. Is, is there any anything else? Can oh, can I stay? This is nice. Oh, you guys, this looks lovely. And she reaches over and uh, fence. What are you eating? Uh, pretzels. Oh, she takes a pretzel. Oh, this is delicious. Uh, what I, I didn't catch your name earlier. Oh, these are, oh, these are so, so, so delicious. Uh, what was your name? I'm Fence. It is so nice to meet you, Fence. Um, I, I, um, I spend a lot of time in the woods and it looks like you spend a lot of time in the woods. Um, where, where are you from? <clears throat> the center of my own awareness. Also up north. <laughs> I, I don't know where I, I don't know where awareness is or be, where what being centered means. But um, I, do you like it in this place? This place makes me really nervous in in here. And it's getting it's getting a little bit late. And she's taking more. Basically, your bowl of pretzels has been eaten by mouse field mouse at this point in time. But I I don't know if I like this place with this Mister Mukherjee who like runs this place. He might be even as 
well, I don't think he's as mean as Professor Williams, but um, although Professor Williams knows so much, oh my God, all that lecture, those notes, these are so important. But um, but I'm but I'm digressing. Um, um, I what do you know about this, Mr. Mukherjee? I was, I was just I didn't realize I was muted. I was just going to say, Mouse, Claren would love to hear more about Mr. Mukherjee. Claren uh, wags her tail. Mr. You got to be quiet because his 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 boys, well, and his girls are all around here. So I can't say too much like right here. But everybody likes Mukherjee here. But there, there, my my fam. Some people don't like. Mukherjee so much he speculates he like like Professor Williams knows the magic and the dean knows the magic and the water um, and the importance out out in the oceans but Mukherjee Mukherjee has deals everywhere he has deals with miners with things that are underground um, he has deals out both magical and non-magical deals. And he's always, always making more money. It's like money out of nothing, like Midas touch. That's what they say about him. I've said too much. Can I have some more pretzels? Yes. Um, Thank you. I signaled to the server that we need more uh, pretzels. If, if there is <laughs> um, a server. We've got, this is like me and Devere's of old. I've got endless credit in this place so that we can <laughs> um, bring on uh, the pretzels. Um, uh, just hearing this makes me wonder if we should uh, maintain the possibility of uh, developing a good rapport with this Mukherjee because he might be a source of information in the future. Uh, I'm also curious to know uh, if we have a sense if uh, Mouse Field Mouse is uh, a druid, and if so, at about what level? Um, so she's like, yes, I, I I know a lot about the woods, um, but I also I'm learning. I the, the woods, the woods. I knew I know by myself. And oh yeah, you do want to be on Mukherjee's good side if you can be on Mukherjee's good side. Um, but yeah, I, I know about the woods, but now I'm learning school book magic. Um, it's hard for me because you have to study and take notes. Whereas when you're a druid, you just, you just feel it. But um, now that I'm studying, I, I'm learning, I've learned a new spell um, where it's magic missile, but with water. It is so cool. So I'm studying really, really hard here but oh, I miss the woods. I miss being out and seeing things. But um, yeah, I, I'm not too bad at either being a druid or being a, a wizard, witch, 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 not wizard, witch. That's what they call them. Us. Got it. All right, that's, uh, that's helpful information. Um, so it's probably about midnight. And it is time for those of you who are going to have an audience with um, Mr. Mukherjee to, to head on back. Uh, do we wanna um, fill Mouse, Field Mouse in with the fact, A, is she sticking around? I wonder if it's late for her. And B, are we filling her in that we've got an audience and that we're um, on like what our plan is? Oh no. 
Well, she would be, she is okay. not going to go. Yeah, she would not go in. But if you, if the others get up and go, she would continue to sit at the table with Fence and Claren. As long as we have pretzels. And, and the pretzels. Excellent. All right. That's kind of what, what I was getting at. I have my ring for Fence and I have my mental link with Claren that I'm going to re-up before I leave. Okay. Um, so I'll have that for a few minutes and I'm going to cast detect thoughts before I leave the table so that I don't have to do it as a subtle spell because no one's looking at me. Okay. So I'm just going to cast detect thoughts and I'll have that up for a couple minutes. Okay. Um, yeah, so you all head in and there is a an older dwarf, um, you know, middle age to, to older dwarf, um, actually not in fairly good shape, not sort of round and fat, but, you know, looks like he certainly has spent time um, both fighting or working in the mines. Um, and he has a fairly, you know, sort of grayish beard, lots of, the dwarfs have beard stones where they twine them in, which indicates like the clan and the family. And he's got a number of fairly um, impressive stones in, in his beard. Um, there is also um, a halfling and a dwarf um, bodyguard that are in the room and what looks like a human um, wizard who's sitting in the room when you come in. Mm. Ah, so Mukherjee says, my guest from um, Woodwall have arrived. Do have a seat. Um, DJ, you come in and um, your thoughts, detect thoughts. There's a counter spell cast mm -hmm. and it is gone. The counter spells cast as I come in? Yes. So when you when you when you come in, there is a counter spell cast which negates the the detect thoughts. Can I do an arcana to know kind of what happened? Because mm -hmm. if I'm just maintaining it, unless somebody saw me cast it, there shouldn't be any sign that I'm maintaining a spell. Right? Mm-hmm. So Either somebody saw me cast it, or there's a con there's a um, something about this room, right? And mm -hmm. so, I kind of want to know if the wizard did something, or if it's something about this room. I'm just gonna roll me an arcana. That's only a seven. You get inspiration on that. I'm not going to spend it on that. Guy, good. That's not not yeah, my best work. <laughs> so yeah, and actually, the with the seven, your attention goes to what about this room is effing up my spell casting, and you're like, I have no idea about what what from this room. Like, is it? A lead sealed room or I mean what has happened is there something with the door you have no idea but that's where you're you were thinking 
Arcana and something with this room did it and you have okay. no idea of what it was. Um, <clears throat> okay. So um, friends from friends from Woodwall, um, what what news? Mr. Mukherjee. And new friends from Woodwall at that. We haven't met. I know that. I am Crenshaw Jones. Good to meet you. This is, these are my associates. They're of all fantastical. Good and, very deep bow. And, wonderful to meet you. Although, Theraval, you're where, and the, the dwarf who you all thought was a bodyguard says, um, floating keep. Oh, you're from the floating keep. You've been around before, my good man. You went. Yes, <laughs> we met. Ah, it's good to see you. You're hanging out with the um, with that animal collector by the south wall. Briefly these days, yeah. Oh, even today, he looks over at the at the dwarf. I didn't know that you had visited him today. Maybe I should not have known. And the other dwarf looks a little crestfallen. I told you. <laughs> so now we're friends, right? Uh, honesty certainly helps. And you're, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm catching up with, a, with another good Denzian of Ward here. Um, Mr. Jones, you were introducing your other friend? I can never remember Mick's whole name. Mechala Shantar. Mechala Shantar. Dragonborn. I'll bow as well. Oh, and this uh, is Mechala Shantar. Bravo. I, I understand you've been um, providing the music for this evening. It's been my pleasure. Uh, it, it has been my pleasure. Um, I don't get to hear quite as much of the performance back here behind the um, behind the walls, but some of the notes come back. There's actually a little pipe and he points up and you see there's sort of an opening. And so we pipe the music in. Um, in fact, I think, um, I think Vid has um, even amplified some of the sound for me so I can catch things when, well, in fact, sometimes some of the conversations I'm having are a little bit dull. So I was able to catch a couple of the songs that you were performing um, even more intently. It was very, very lovely. You said bid, B-I-D or M-I-D? Bid, bid, B-I-D. B-I-D. Um, when he says vid, um, Crenshaw is going to look at the wizard to see if there's a recognition and if that's who the wizard is. Yes. Because he wants to put a name to that. Yes, that the, okay. the human, um, very, very thin, not very strong looking mm -hmm. um, and fairly tall, probably six, three, six, four um, for a human. And <clears throat> since he's been brought into the conversation, Crenshaw is going to just sort of look because it's a natural thing to do. And I want to make an insight check just to size this wizard up and see sort of 
how is he regarding me or us, if at all? Yeah. I want to make sure I have my insight right. I got nothing. That's a six. Uh, yeah, just as much as the the arcana, the investigation mm -hmm. is not not coming. You. Yeah, he's, um, he's six foot three or six foot tall, um, six foot four and really thin for a human. That's it. Okay. Um, so Crenshaw says, Crenshaw waits a respectful moment and says, we brought Ged Grayson's ring because as we understand it, you knew Ged Grayson. I did, Mrs. Mukherjee. I do. Did. Oh. <laughs> and I suppose you're going to tell me what happened to Mr. Mukherjee? Is that useful? Mr. Grayson. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Grayson, <laughs> nothing uh, to Mr. Mukherjee yet. Um, Mr. Mukherjee Mr. Is, is right Mr. here. Mr. Grayson, um, is that useful or interesting? If it's useful or interesting, I'd be happy to. It's probably both of the above. Ed Grayson. was a victim of his own ambition. Unsurprising. So I'm as curious about, well, I'm curious to know what happened to my, my good friend, Ged Grayson, but I'm also curious about the news that you delivered to the Lunar Academy. It seems like you're, at least if the rumors are correct, delivering rather grim news all around town. <clears throat> Any news that we delivered to the Lunar Academy was delivered to the Lunar Academy, but on the topic of Ed Grayson, of Ged, Ged Grayson. Ed, Ed, Gred, Ned, Dead. He goes by a lot of names, but yeah, in Woodwall, Ged Grayson. In Woodwall dead? is where we met him. <clears throat> Although he was tragically crushed to death somewhere outside of Woodwall. Oh. Well, that makes matters a little bit complicated, doesn't it? How so? Well, he owns most of Woodwall. I mean, the, the deeds that Ed supposedly had for the town, huh. Well, that's indeed both interesting and useful information. And you notice the other person who 
you had thought of as a bodyguard, um, the halfling is like going over and pulling out some books and beginning to look. And the two guys that are bodyguards, they are certainly bodyguards, but they also are clearly smarter than just pure muscle. Um, and the halfling is like looking, looking through information over here. Um, Wouldn't most of those pass on to his wife with his death? Depends if there was other deed holders. Um, she may be a very wealthy woman now. And single. <laughs> Tragically. Tragically, a widow. Mm. Mm. Yes. In mourning. Huh. Do you know how long the clerics of Frey and Freya ask people to stay in mourning? I, I mean, as, an, you... as an elf, I think I might know. <laughs> and I think it might be 40 days. Oh. I was just going to say, does, does Claren know this? Because if Claren does... I do now. Oh, well, so I'm told it's 40 days. I, I, I you know, 40 days, there of all sounds about right. Um, would you note that? And the, the halfling scribbles something down. Very good. So two bits of useful information about, about the poor deceased Gad. Um, you, Mr. Jones, are, are a goldmine of information. Um, you should ask me a few things. We could make this, this um, exchange even more valuable for both of us. How involved were you in um, uh, Ged's uh, commercial endeavors? His, his real estate enterprise, Theraval? More like the dealings on the real estate. The dealings on the real estate. Michelle leans back and he's just going to let Theraval let out some rope do, for a minute. Do, um, do tell. That, that's I, what I'm asking. Well, no, what, what was, what, what do you know about Ged? I, I seem seem to be at a loss here. You you seem to know more than I do about my about my good friend. Well, there was a cave beast and then it was running amok and, you know, killing wealthy people outside of Woodwall. And I don't know, that, that, that seems in part like it would be very bad business for, you know, the merchant guild, but I don't know. But, but somehow Ged seemed to be fine for most much of it. Oh, well, th there is that old legend of the cave beast from, from up there. In fact, it would come every so often and start killing people along the roads. And those guards from, from Woodwall were supposed to protect people, um, usually didn't do a very good job of it. Um, Insight check. Okay. 19. And what do you want to know? I want to get a sense for how cagey he's being and if this is a 
I heard a rumor one time, or if this is a plausible deniability, hmm. like, is there something he's holding back? Um, your sense is that surprisingly, well, yeah, so actually two things. Um, everything that he said has been, has been honest. You don't think that, that he's lying. But if you're asking, is he holding something back? Yeah, hell yeah. But, okay. you know, I, it, that wouldn't, would not surprise you here. Your sense is that he knows a lot mm. of different things. Crenshaw's gonna put up a hand for a second and see if Theraval takes the hint. He's gonna put up a hand. No, I'm gonna keep going. Uh, okay. or, maybe, maybe I should roll a wisdom check. Roll a wisdom because, yeah. Does Crenshaw have a um, a connection to uh, a, a nonverbal connection to Theraval at this juncture? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. he could. Okay. With a fifteen, could. does he need one? Well, it depends. It depends on what Theraval wants to do. I don't know what a, what a wisdom check for Theraval actually means. I, I guess I'm just really confused. <laughs> like, why is the mer like if, if this guy's mer part of the merchant guild, the cave beast killed wealthy merchants. Was his like commerce interrupted by this cave beast, or was it, you know, this like a sponsorship kind of thing of the cave beast? Hmm. Are, do you are are you asking that question to to Mr. Mukherjee? Yeah, I, I will. <laughs> I'll voice all that out loud. Okay. Uh, we'll let that go. You mean for was Ged was Ged profiting from the cave beast? Are you wondering about what I knew? The merchant guild, your merchant guild, were they profiting from the cave beast? No, Ged might have been profiting from the cave beast. We're interested in trade between the free lands of Mountain Bay and um, and Mirport. We're establishing more more trade routes um, that run up the lake and bring goods from from the lake cities here to Ward. Ward, well, most of most of our trade is out to NorCalf or SoCalf. Um, there's lots of wealth in the in the mountains here. Some goes over to Lament and Kelso, and some down to Dura. But the trade routes to the lake cities are not established. That's my interest there. And Woodwall is a good partway stop. Set up some hotels around there. Um, be in pretty good shape. I mean, as long as Lakeport is still in existence and isn't overrun by the Fletchmates. And, and what about Umber, Oshucks? Where does he fit into this plan? Hold on a second, Theraval, if you would. And this is where Crenshaw will interrupt. He'll say, Theraval, hold on for just a second. I'm curious about Umber too, but my associate's a little... Uh, crass about it, but Ged Grayson was not uh, 
acting in the best interest of Woodwall. There was no cave beast. There was no cave beast? There was, but uh, Grayson was using it to dispose of people. And I will Huh. So what was the case? And we do have to talk about um, Umber Awshucks. He said, Umber Awshucks, you mm -hmm. said. And that the halfling writes that name down. Um, can, can I tell if, the, if, if this name is ringing a bell to the halfling who's writing it down? Um, is it? Sure, you do do a do an investigation check or do a, a an insight check. I'm gonna use a lucky point here because okay. that's mine. How about thirteen? A little better. Um, doesn't seem terribly familiar, but doesn't seem. He he writes it down. The halfling does. As we're talking, the, the location of Lumber of Umber Ashoks uh, is certainly something that we would be very curious about. The location of Umber Ashoks. Uh, we're told that he ran here after it was discovered that he was helping Gad Grayson murder travelers. Oh, to, to ward. Yes, which is bad business, really. Good for Ed, Gad Grayson, but bad business. Well, if you think this Umber Oshucks is here, we can certainly find him. Do you think it would be helpful to talk? Would you like to talk to Mr. Umber? We were in the middle of a conversation and got waylaid and he disappeared. Well, if he is, if he is in ward, Give me a few days and I can certainly find, find your umber. We'd appreciate that. Give me- um, If he's in ward uh, or- I thought that we looked for him. I mean, aside, I thought we looked for him in Mirport and he had moved on. Oh, okay. Yeah, so if we're going on the chat, the- yeah, and so I thought I thought you were you were playing the last you guys knew Umber was in was in um, was in Mir was heading towards Mirport. Okay, so and you guys didn't see him when he was, yeah. when you were there. Okay, mm -hmm. then I am I am going to leave it at that, and uh, just because that's that's useful. Um, yeah, so back back in character, Mooker, Mooker well, uh, sliding back into character, Mookerjee, if you want him to search for Umber Oshucks in Ward, he's offering 
to find Umber Oshucks. I mean, it seems also likely to you that whether you tell him to or not, he's now going to look around for someone named Umber Oshucks in town who's come here recently because it seems like an important bit of information. In his mind, you can see he's yep. working on there was something going on with a guy named Umber Oshucks and Gre Ged Grayson, and he needs yeah. to know about it. Yeah, and I don't want him doing that without us. Right. If we can help it. No. To whatever degree we can help it. Now, right. about the, the Lunar Academy. Ah, I was... You had asked about that, and I don't want about that. Yeah. I'm curious about your business there because I just sent a group of, well, actually I sent four groups of adventurers out to the, the Northern coast of um, the mountain bay to look for some things. But a set of them, I set out to the tip where the mountain bay goes into, um, into Calther Sea to go investigate um, this mysterious wizard who's disappeared from the Lunar Academy, this guy named Sabin, who was out there. Um, he supposedly was a valuable member of the Lunar Academy and they, they lost him. How the hell you lose a wizard who's in his tower, I don't know. But what was, what's a merchant care? Well, I'm I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna interrupt him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna just ping Theraval in Theraval's mind. Let's let him finish talking. Uh, what's a well? I don't know that you would. I mean, I, I certainly am a I'm certainly a merchant and a miner and a speculator. And if the Lunar Academy asked me to send someone out and is willing to pay for it, mm -hmm. I can gather up call-in favors and send a few adventurers out there to do it. They haven't gotten back yet, but I sent them out on, on a ship um, with a couple of my other crews to, to pull in information for me. Right, well, and actually to set a few other things right. What's interesting about Sabin? Um, well, he disappeared and he stopped giving information to the Lunar Academy and Dean um, Gia over there asked me to check out what had happened. And so I hired four adventurers and sent them off and they should be reporting back here in a few days. Time out. Did, did we see any four adventures? Like, was it like the dude on the beach? No, no, it, to, right. And this, this, or like, I'm the just trying geography, to remember yeah. what bodies we found sure. that could have been the adventurers. They'd have gotten there after we did. Yeah. Oh, well, God. And also, really quick, the geography that he's describing is different than where you went. So if we go over here, here, I'm going to share screen again. And Somewhere in here. I think it's called campaign map. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is campaign map. There we go. Um, so 
what he's describing is he's describing sending people off to the north. So this is the mountain bay right here. Let's zoom in. This is the mountain bay, Ward is over here. He's describing sending people off along this north shore here, like that point of land. You all were over here, north of Mirport. Oh, okay, sorry. So Sabin is absolutely right. I mean, he's describing this guy, Sabin. He's describing something that should sound a hell of a lot like what Ed Berg asked you all to do, but he's describing it for over here, and you all were way up here. Hmm. Do they, at the Lunar Academy, do they lose a lot of wizards? Do they misplace a lot of wizards? Hmm. Do they misplace a lot of wizards? How would, how would you define a lot of wizards? I would say no, but they do lose a few. I mean, magic is... Well, like everything else in this world, it's a it's a dangerous business. Um, why do you ask? I'm curious why they sent people up the North Shore. Oh, you mean why they send folks over along? I should share again. Why they, why I send folks over, why they sent folks over along here or out to, out to Sabin's tower? In that direction, yeah. Well, they sent it, I, I sent them out here because they told me that Sabin's tower was located on, uh, out here by this mountain. I had other business up over here with some loggers. There were some miners back here. So I hired a couple of, parties of adventurers sent them out to do their things. You want to tell them? <laughs> it, so Crenshaw's <laughs> going to respond back. Tell me what? Yeah, he's <laughs> was that out loud or in my head, Theraval? Oh, I, that was out loud. Tell me what? <laughs> and so Theraval, super Crenshaw's spy. Crenshaw's going to stay straight into Theraval's head. We can stop giving him, him information for free anytime now. <laughs> and Crenshaw will say, the thing is, Mr. Mukherjee, we have responsibility to the Lunar Academy and any information that we have I feel I have to give them first contractually. You understand. If you've signed a contract with the Lunar Academy, you should honor the deals of that contract. I would not want to be the one to encourage you to break a contract. Non-disclosure agreements, NDAs, I'm all about them. Uh, he points over here at the halfling and the halfling taps a stack of books. Mm -hmm. We got him. Right. 
what did you pay those adventurers? Most of them owed um, debts of some sort, um, or their families did, or they were favors. Um, I actually don't think, well, once again, that's a business deal. And if you can't tell me the Lunar Academy, I can't tell you exact, you know. Push off. If, but looks at Theraval and says, you can get someone to do a lot if you owe them something. And turns back to Mr. Mukherjee <laughs> and says, <laughs> I think it's valuable for you to have this information too. And I think that we can be frank with each other. Once I've let the Lunar Academy know what they need to know, I suspect that you'll know it anyway. But by then they'll know and it will be less valuable. Hmm. I feel like you're talking, we're talking in riddles here, which although I'm a dwarf and not, a, and I'm a dwarf and not a halfling. So riddles are often less appealing to me. I tend to like to know where the nugget of truth is and wrap my fist around that. That tends to, to get the things done. We're new to Ward. Well, Theraval. As you know. Well, except except Theraval. <laughs> Theraval knows, knows how this city works. <gasps> knows how Calther Sea works. There are merchants and pirates. I mean, think about the, the merchant lords from NorCalth. I mean, they're merchant lords. They're merchants and they're pirates. It just depends on which side of their ship you get on or off. You can understand that we, obviously not Theraval, but we are hesitant to make any missteps, to make any unnecessary enemies, which is why as soon as we came to Ward, knowing what we knew about your, uh, your friend Edberg, not Edberg, your friend Ged, God, we keep messing up his name, your friend Ged Grayson. Dead, um, dead, 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 Grayson, who yes. seems like he was not such a friend anymore from what you're saying. But knowing that you had business arrangements with him, we wanted to let you know his situation because it impacted you. I, I appreciate the time. I, I appreciate you letting me know. I appreciate the time that you've taken coming in so late. Um, the hour is getting extremely late. I will let you know, I'm, I will look for your friend Umber, aw shucks. And if he's within the Stilt City, I'll probably find him within a week. And 
I will let you talk to him and finish your conversation. Um, I and I will do that, that because and I appreciate your time. As adventurers who are new to town, we're always interested in friendly connections. ourselves. So if you wouldn't mind, after we've talked to the Lunar Academy and released our obligations, I'd be happy to catch you up so that you can perhaps not send your people off in the wrong direction. Hmm. Very interesting. Well, I'm going to say I want a zoo. <laughs> you know, your buddy Sidharth keeps trying to plan a zoo and all he's got is a room. But, Theraval, I will note that you would like a zoo. I make sure the halfling wrote it down. I look over it. <laughs> He'll, he's, he, he, he's writing it down, minutes of the meeting. Um, Can I walk over to it to double check <laughs> that he wrote it? He holds it up to you as you start coming over. He's like, Z-O-O. <laughs> While he's holding it up, can I read it to make sure anything else, he wrote anything else that wasn't there? Oh, oh um, yeah. So we're going to do a couple of things. Let me finish the conversation and then we will come back. There, there are interesting little bits of notes that, extra notes that in fact, in the halfling's enthusiasm to show you that he wrote down zoo as you were peering over, you did get a good look at the page. Um, so there will be some bits of information. Um, Mukherjee is sort of ending the meeting um, he's thanking you for telling him the information. As you're leaving, though, he says, when you meet with the dean, be cautious about her wanting to send you to islands. Um, I think she may think you want to go on another quest for her. And pay attention to where you go if you go. Because I would be very interested in rewarding you, not because you owe me anything now, but because there might be a good deal, well, not a good deal of wealth, but, but a handsome retainer if you go to any islands for the Lunar Academy. Mm -hmm and you can find out where those islands might be. Okay. Because I bow I very graciously. Thank, I like thank you. Those, I would like to know where those islands are. Hmm. But be cautious. If, they're if, if the Dean is trying to send you there, it's probably not without danger. Crenshaw thanks him for the warning. 
he stands up. He actually, so he stands up. He uh-huh. takes a bag of gold and he gives it to the dwarf next to him. And the dwarf walks to Mick and drops a bag of 25 gold pieces into Mick's hand. The music was fantastic. And Mukherjee heads out the back, well, not out the back door, but up the back steps. Excellent. Crenshaw turns and walks out the front door. Okay. There we go. I think that brings us to the close of not only the the game world, but the, the close of this adventure. And then you all are heading to the Lunar Academy for your meeting at dusk tomorrow. All right. I think it would definitely be worth knowing before we meet with the Lunar Academy, what kinds of things we're curious about there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still very confused about what the heck this worm that walks thing is. I'm not necessarily convinced that we killed it for all mm-hmm. those. Yeah, I think there's more to over here. Lots of good information. Well, and and I thought he was talking about us when he said sending adventurers. I thought that was his way of revealing that he was uh, our real boss as opposed to the... But now I think that was a subsequent group and also a group of four rather than five. Yes, that was when... So when he said four, it was clear that he is trying to do something in in tandem with the... uh, not in, well, he's trying to do the same thing that they're doing at the Lunar Academy. Right. In, in I think that we, um, we would have great difficulty to out Mukherjee, Mukherjee in uh-huh. the city of Ward. Yeah. And, uh, and so um, I, think, I think you're right. Like after the Lunar Academy, we should be uh, receptive to opportunities to uh, adventure because mm-hmm. that's actually where our strength is. Uh, as much as we love uh, uh, collecting and deploying bits of information, um, we, we know who will always be able to run circles around us uh, yeah. around here. The second thing I wanna know is really what's the tie between Ed Berg and the Lunar Academy? I feel like this Lunar Academy business is a wild, like, goose chase. Once we tell the Lunar Academy the information, my debt's paid, like, to Edberg. And so my personal, like, quest, so to speak, kind of, like, ends there, unless something, there's something more there. That makes sense. Sounds like the something more could be helping line Mukherjee's pockets. Well, so Mukherjee is interested explicitly in islands and islands are excellent especially islands that used to be owned by wizards are excellent for storing and moving goods yeah Mm -hmm. um and if the lunar academy keeps losing wizards on islands then this this coastline for all we know could just be littered with islands that used to have wizard towers on them and the wizards got themselves killed. Sabins all over the place. At... Sabins, Sabins all the way down. Exactly. So if I'm a legitimate businessman, 
<laughs> then I might be really interested <laughs> in the location of some of these places for legitimate business. Sounds right to me. Let's let's let's. I'm game for scoping out an island or two. And I think I think this is great because I think that uh, Andy's totally right. At this point, we're in no position to out Mukherjee Mukherjee. Yeah, Mukherjee knew, like, I mean, like, mm -hmm. Naraval, you, you knew of Mukherjee and, like, the odds of Mukherjee knowing who you were, you mm -hmm. thought were, like, minuscule or non-existent. Like, how would this big cheese have ever, you know, and... But he's a bright man and nobody is nobody. Mm -hmm. And yeah. information is power. And mm -hmm. that is, I mean... Crenshaw, not just me, Crenshaw picked up on that right away because of where Crenshaw comes from. Um, that's very much fits into his background. So, so I like this. And, you know, I see no reason that one day Crenshaw couldn't take over Yancey Mukherjee's op operation. There you go. 20, 20th level beckons. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, all right awesome. the rat yeah it'd be fun to come back someday and and clean up but i think in the meantime go get just having a place where we can get quests that we can clearly get paid for instead of doing out of the goodness of our hearts mm -hmm. um especially if we're being paid in information i mean you all can get paid in gold well that's we, fine we so, so I mean, from Mukherjee's point of view, we've fixed any problems with Ged that he wasn't aware of, if he was, if he was not aware of them. And we've done what his guys didn't do in terms of getting the Saban information. So we should be standing in pretty good stead with him. That's, that's actually why- Getting a zoo. That's why I made a point of not telling him about the Saban stuff before mm -hmm. the Lunar Academy. Mm -hmm. um, because if nothing else, Crenshaw wants Mukherjee to know that we can be trusted and giving him information for free before the people who paid us to get it is not trustworthy. So Crenshaw is sort of trying to demonstrate that we can be useful and hopefully, except for Theraval, trustworthy. Theraval is very honest. He's just right out there. Oh, oh, oh. So the details um, in the notes, yeah. um, the details in the notes are uh, clearly, uh, we lost some, did we lose somebody? No. 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 Okay, sorry. I, um, Zoom just shifted all the, the faces around there for a second. Um, the extra details in the notes are were clear, made it very clear that they did not know who Umber Oshucks was. Um, that he was someone that, that Ged Grayson knew, but they didn't have his name and they were clearly highlighting that they were going to search for him. I'm gonna cast minor illusion just to show everyone what I saw on the page. Okay. Sorry. That's clever. Yeah. 
Very good. All right. Well, so I'm going to stop the recording and then we can plan for the next session here. So.